One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I'm Sadie Eck. And I'm Courtney Eck. And we are sisters. Sure shit are. And this is still a true crime podcast. Did I already say that? I think I did. <laughs> well, it's part of the name. Oh, right. I forgot. <laughs> Colon, a true crime podcast. Mm-hmm. Courtney's going to be talking to us tonight about some murder. I am. It's a, it's a pretty interesting one. It's weird. <laughs> I can't wait to hear about it. I can't wait to tell you about it. Hey guys, stick around to the end to hear a promo from Perhaps It's You, which is an Unsolved Mysteries review podcast. Oh, yes. Yes. Well, yeah. Hosted by the hilarious Samantha and Liz. Cute. So we'll play that at the end. We love them. Listen to them. Everybody yeah. loves Unsolved Mysteries. Who doesn't love Unsolved Mysteries? Boring people. Mm-hmm. All right, Court. Do it. I'm going to do it. This is the mind-boggling murder of Ann Hoover. Hmm. 44-year-old Ann Hoover purchased a home in South Oakland uh, around 1996. And I don't know the exact date. It was impossible to find, but I know Hmm. it was right around there. And she was excited to be able to own property in the blighted but up-and-coming location. The home was large and old and needed a ton of work to be fully rehabilitated, but she was excited to dive into the project and breathe new life into the old building. I promise this episode is not about the death of poor neighborhoods due to gentrification. <laughs> but that's all I could think about when I was yeah, writing it. I'm sure we'll cover that another uh, time. Yep, yep. Anne was an accomplished musician, music teacher, and was very involved in the arts. She did a lot of fundraising for the symphony and participated in a variety of other creative pursuits. A co-worker remembers that she was very driven and dedicated to raising money for her creative causes and wasn't intimidated by the task of asking strangers for money, which is my personal nightmare. Mm-hmm. She had a blind poodle named Nikki that she loved dearly. She decided to live in her new home while she renovated it, and neighbors recall that she was very excited and driven to beautify her house and the surrounding neighborhood. She was very involved in the neighborhood and went out of her way to be friendly to her neighbors and the community. The one drawback to her new place was the run-down, empty home that was attached to it on one of, yeah, on one side. 
you know, kind of like a row. It's San Francisco or Oakland, but you know how they are all row houses. So they're all right. smushed together. Yeah. Still, I would not want to be attached to a no. empty, abandoned, rundown house. I don't want to be attached to any house. No. I want my own damn walls. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> As with most gentrifying neighborhoods, some of the homes were rehabbed and nice, and others were so beat down it was a miracle they were still standing, including the one attached to her property. Neighbors said that every conceivable thing was wrong with it, and it was amazing the city hadn't been called to condemn it yet. Luckily, sometime after Anne invested in her home, a man named Roy Kirk purchased the adjacent property and informed Anne that he would work to renovate it so he could eventually move in. Anne was thrilled to have a neighbor who had the same motivation that she did to beautify and improve the neighborhood, and that the days of staring at the crumbling monstrosity next door were numbered. Like lots of people in the 90s, Roy was aware that there was a limited amount of time left to invest in cheap properties in Oakland, and he was excited to turn the place into something of great value. He was a bit of an oddball who didn't seem to have a lot of extra money, and neighbors speculated that maybe his family had loaned him money to make the investment. What he lacked in charm and money he made up for in enthusiasm, and seemed thrilled at the massive undertaking of remodeling the large home. He said it had always been his dream to own his own home, and he and Anne bonded over their common goals. Not only did Roy set out to improve his home, he decided to take things further and join the neighborhood steering committee who was formed to promote the beautification of the community. He was excited to bring value to the area through parks and other resources, and his infectious energy for the various projects helped to motivate the other committee members. He was so motivated and impressive, in fact, that his neighbors voted to put him in charge of the committee. Anne was also on the committee, and the two of them immediately joined up to put their plans into place and keep the neighborhood motivated toward improvement. And then they, they fell in love and lived happily It was ever super after, right? hot, steamy. Yeah, they were like, we shouldn't, but Com- we want to. Oh, but mm-hmm. we have to share a wall. It's too much. Conflict of interest. <laughs> so hot. <laughs> Roy began the massive challenge of renovating his home by himself and quickly learned that the reality of home renovation wasn't as romantic as the fantasy. And if you have never renovated a home, it's basically a nightmare. Yeah. We hired a bunch of people to renovate a home for us recently, and we didn't have to do anything. It was still a nightmare. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He also lacked the skills to adequately make improvements and repairs, and so found himself spinning his wheels when it came to making any progress on the home. They didn't even have YouTube back then. Right. No. You know? How do you, well, like, do you think it's just easy? Like, <laughs> I'll just follow this. It's easy. I'll just follow this tube to the source and no. figure it out. Yeah. No. Uh-uh. Anne did as many repairs on her own as she could, but was aware of her limitations when it came to important things like the electricity and plumbing. She was more than happy to bring in professional contractors to do the job properly and keep the renovation on track. Roy, on the other hand, remained stubborn and steadfast in his insisting on doing all of the work himself. On the plus side, Roy was always happy to lend Anne a hand when she needed it, and she wasn't afraid to ask for help. She returned the favor whenever she could, and the two learned to coordinate the work, considering they shared a wall, foundation, and roof. Mm. 
it's a lot of pressure between neighbors yeah, really you know? i know it really is being neighbors with people is hard enough seriously i prefer not having neighbors personally (laughs) (laughs) quote kirk was always very nice said philip cossack who lived on the other side of Anne's residence quote he used to help Anne out with her own renovations whenever he could he then pointed to some refinished porch beams stretching from Anne's home over to roy's unfortunately as the months progressed Anne learned that Roy had trouble focusing and staying on task, and the projects they planned to do together would be abandoned midway or never begin at all. Mm. Oh, that would drive me crazy. Oh, no, it's so stressful. This story yeah. stresses me out so much. Nevertheless, Anne was able to complete all of her projects, and in the end, her home was a showpiece in the neighborhood, many considering it the nicest on the block. Mm. Roy's half of the house, however, began to look worse than it did when he bought it after six months of trying and failing to make improvements. Bummer. Yeah. So not only did it not get better, it got worse. Worse. Yeah. So what happens when you like pull the siding off and then don't know what to do after that? You know, like bingo or rip the plumbing out and then you have plumbing to deal with. Right. I had a landlord. Remember when... (laughs) His name, his rap name was Big Slip. (laughs) 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 That's all you need to know. No, he was this adorable white rapper. He was like 26. He bought this beautiful little house and he was, he had renovated the basement. He's like, I'm going to live in the basement. He'd been, his wife had left him and he said, you live upstairs, I'll live in the basement. And it was sort of a best case scenario I had just gone through a breakup. He had just been dumped by his wife. I lived upstairs from my white rapper landlord. (laughs) (laughs) But as happens after you get dumped by your wife when you're 26 years old, he sort of quickly spiraled out of control and (laughs) stopped taking out the kitty litter and Mm -hmm. stopped taking care of anything I asked him to. And I can't remember what the issue was, but there was something I'd been asking him for for weeks. And it was getting to the point that I couldn't wait any longer. And I was texting him. (laughs) He was a massive pothead, like massive pothead. And he would take these huge bong rips and then basically cough himself to half to death. (laughs) So I was texting him about the thing and he wasn't responding. (laughs) He, He coughed. And I texted, I can hear you coughing. <laughs> Stop ignoring me. <laughs> so anytime one of our friends doesn't respond to the other one in a timely manner, we just text, I can hear you coughing. <laughs> and as it turned out, he had been taking my rent and paying for like designer high top sneakers and shit and the house went to foreclosure and i moved out (laughs) yep that's what happens (laughs) it was wonderful in the meantime but it was also extremely fucking stressful so i can this this story's kind of triggering to me Mm -hmm. so it was clear to ann and the neighbors that he'd bitten off more than he could chew and instead of spending money to invest in professionals who could get him over the finish line he purchased another home in the community oh no As a result, he all but abandoned the property adjoining Anne's and the neighborly relationship quickly went south. Yes. That is so stressful. Yeah, that's awful. Anne's stress level rose as she watched Roy's home fall further into disrepair and she knew there was no hope on the horizon of fixing it as he'd sunk all of his money into buying yet another property. Like a third one? 
putting the total at three when he was unable to care for just one. Why? Uh, why would you do that? Because he's greedy. Because he knows that the area is gentrifying. And I don't know how much a home was in Oakland in right. 1996. But I imagine it was a screaming deal. Yeah, I'm sure. But still, you can't just keep buying properties and not doing anything with them. No. To make matters worse, Roy had begun to invade the neighbor's space as he needed to do things like run extension cords through their yards to bring electricity into his house, and he rattled the walls as he banged away unsuccessfully at his walls and floors. As fall rolled around, the autumn rain only intensified matters. Anne began to hear the sound of dripping water in the wall day and night and knew it wasn't coming from her side of the property as hers had been completely redone and repaired. Roy's roof was in total disrepair, and the enormity of the problem became fully apparent as the rain was falling through the roof and into his home, doing further damage and undoing any work that he'd managed to get done. Ugh, God. The rain was also a threat to Anne's side of the house, as they shared a roof and a wall. One morning, Anne was awoken early by the sound of Roy pounding away in an attempt to shoddily repair his roof. She offered to refer contractors who would do the job properly, and Roy screamed at her to mind her own business and let him work on his home. As fall and winter pressed on, it became more and more apparent that Roy was indeed doing more harm than good. Uh, This is so stressful. So stressful! Anne's worst fears became a reality when water began to pour into her home as well Mm. as a result of Roy tearing the gutters off of their shared roof. What? Homeownership, lesson number one. Keep, always have gutters. If you want to ruin Mm -hmm. your entire house, take your gutters off. It's silly that a gutter is such a critical part of home maintenance, but you'll ruin your siding, you'll ruin your foundation, you'll ruin your walls. Yeah. They're super important. Yeah. She confronted Roy and demanded he do something to fix his home and the damage being done to hers, even offering to help with the repairs. And he continued to blow her off and make Anne's life a living hell. Mm. And it turned out that his first home wasn't the only problem. His other two homes were rapidly deteriorating and also causing damage to the homes close to those, which of course infuriated the neighbors. His neighbors and steering committee members all started to confront Roy as his naive optimism in investing in properties was doing the opposite of what the committee had come together to do. Yeah. So he's the president of the committee. Right. (laughs) Just like ruining the neighborhood. Yeah. Rather than beautifying the neighborhood, he's just hoarding property. They were mystified that someone who'd been so motivated just a few months previous had let things fall apart so quickly Roy was removed as president of the steering committee, and that's when the real trouble began. Rather than taking responsibility and unloading a property or two to free up funds to repair the others, he turned his aggression against Anne and blamed her for the neighborhood turning against him. To make things even more worse, I don't know if that's a sentence, but... (laughs) (laughs) More worser. More worser. Roy's house was vandalized in the middle of the night, and Roy developed a conspiracy theory that Anne had been the vandal. No. Yeah, I mean, sorry about your (laughs) garbage house getting vandalized, but... Seriously. It's Oakland in the 90s. I don't think your cello-playing neighbor is the culprit. Anne had to ride the delicate line of being assertive with her neighbor and maintaining the peace as Roy grew more volatile, 
but it was getting harder and harder to do so, especially as rodents started to show up at all of his properties. God. This was the last straw for Anne and his other neighbors, and they finally agreed to get the city involved. Good. Yes. Yeah, I mean, the balance of being a good neighbor and also being assertive and not, you know, living next to a garbage heap that's starting to encroach on your home. Right. That's so, so stressful. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine. No. Anne made a complaint to the housing authority and the authority threatened Roy with fines if all of the costly repairs weren't completed within 60 days. Roy flipped his ever-loving shit and his behavior grew even stranger and darker. Yet again, rather than accepting responsibility for his investments, Roy failed to complete the long list of repairs mandated by the city and the fines and penalties began to pile up against him. Meanwhile... Mold and rot continued to spread into Anne's home, and she finally reached her limit and brought him to court. Good. The court then ruled that Roy owed $49,000 in fees and fines, (laughs) and he paid them, finally repaired his home, and the two live happily side by side to this day. (laughs) Every time I do that, I'm like, wait, what? He paid that? No, no. I just think that's funny, even though it's not that funny. But I can't let it go. <laughs> I mean, why stop now? <laughs> 50 episodes in. <laughs> oh, so stupid. Anne explained to Roy that she didn't want to bankrupt him, and rather than pay her the money the court ruled that he owed, she wanted him to put it toward his home repairs. Great. I know. So smart. But when he refused to do that, she offered to buy his house from him, hoping that this would offer him the relief he needed to move on and focus on his other investments. Right. But he's a total psychopath and will not do that. Oh, you've heard this story before? (laughs) Seems familiar. (laughs) So rather than take Anne's generous assistance, Roy took it as a plot by she and the other neighbors to run him out and take his investments from him. And again, he refused. God, what is wrong with people? A lot. A lot of things. His behavior became more strange and volatile, and Anne started to become seriously concerned for her safety and told friends and neighbors that she was becoming afraid of Roy. She even considered taking out a restraining order against him. Oh, that's hard when you live next door. You cannot get within six and a half inches of each (laughs) other. After about a year of Roy owning the home next door, Anne and the other neighbors were called into court to testify against him in a county court hearing where he would appeal his $49,000 in fines for his failing properties. So basically he appealed the judge's decision to pay her that money. Mm -hmm. And so this court case was going to be the case where they ruled whether or not he'd have to pay. This would be the final hearing on the matter and Anne had diligently recorded the damage to her home as well as the condition of Roy's and was well prepared to plead the case against him continuing to abandon his buildings, thus causing damage to hers and others. She just wanted the conflict to be over and to move on and enjoy the beautiful home that she'd worked so hard to complete. On the morning of the hearing, a couple of her neighbors stopped by to give her a ride to the courthouse, but she didn't answer the door. Damn it. They proceeded to the courthouse thinking that maybe she'd gotten a ride from someone else, but she never arrived for court that day. Roy also failed to show up for court, and everyone who knew her had a bad feeling as they searched but were unable to find her. I hate this. They quickly decided to call the police. 
Police arrived at Anne's house around 9 a.m. and assisted a neighbor in crawling through an open window to let them in. They found Anne's keys, shoes, and purse all inside the home and knew that it would be very strange for her to leave without them. They searched the house and were unable to find Anne, but did find blood in Mm. one of the rooms. Anne's neighbor begged them to check Roy's house, and they were able to enter through a door that was ajar. Inside Roy's home, police found piles and piles of dusty building materials, plenty of debris from the crumbling home, and cages and cages of animals. What? Many of which were dead and appeared to have been dead for quite some time, as maggots were visible on most of them. And it was like birds, raccoons, rats. Yes, random animals. That, like, this is a nightmare. It gets much worse. Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Roy appeared in a hallway, visibly surprised by police in his home, but did seem to be gazing at them, quote, as if they weren't there. When they asked him why he hadn't been in court that day, he said, quote, because I was going to lose. Roy wasn't wearing socks or shoes, and his feet were covered in blood. No. Can you imagine this, like, shoeless, blood-soaked, dazed-out, weird guy in this house with cages and cages of dead animals everywhere? No. It's like, no. Uh -uh. (laughs) No, just imagine it. No, it's so creepy. It's (laughs) just so creepy. All of the exposed skin on his body was dirty and covered in blood, and police asked him to step outside while they searched the property further. Roy told officers that they, quote, didn't want to go in there, but they continued their search. In one of the bathrooms, they heard a horrible hissing sound and found a 10-foot snake living in the bathtub. What is going on? I don't know. All I can think about right now is how... This right here is a good reason to have police. Like, <laughs> this is... Yes. And how brave they are for doing... I would not... Yes. Yes. I yes. wouldn't well, be able and- to do that. Like, I could not go into a house full of dead, caged animals, Mm-mm. bloody, Mm-mm. crazed man, Mm-mm. snake in the tub. Like, I am not yes. brave enough to face that. Silence of the lamb shit. I mean, it is yes. so like, where's the pit with the woman in the bottom like well no (laughs) it's also a good lesson in calling the police as soon as you know someone's missing yeah like they were fucking on it they immediately i mean they knew that there was a conflict so there was right you know there had there was a lot of reason for them to call the police but also just call them right away they might tell you to go fuck yourself but just do it anyway help you right they might show up and find a blood-soaked neighbor With no shoes on and a house full of weird-ass animals. So they also found a long extension cord running the length of the home and into the downstairs steps. They followed the cord into the basement and found that it was being used to power, quote, industrial-style lights that were illuminating even more cages full of animals. What? Yes, so the basement was full of animals as well. Even more disturbing, police found a small tunnel... That was dug in the direction of Anne's house. No. And they described the overwhelming smell of meat near the tunnel, similar to a butcher shop. No. A fucking tunnel. No. 
what the officer found then was, quote, the worst thing he'd seen in 12 years in working in the homicide division. I don't want to know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I do. Meat tunnel. Police quickly pieced together the following chain of events. Under mounting pressure to pay the $49,000 in fines and most likely lose all of his investments, Roy began to hatch a plan to dispose of his perceived enemy number one, Anne Hoover. Roy had the bright idea to begin to tunnel in the ground between his basement and Anne's using hand tools so that he wouldn't alert her to what he was up to. Eventually, the tunnel was big enough and long enough that he was successfully able to enter Anne's house without her knowing. It's so scary. It's the scariest fucking thing. I can imagine one of them. So scary. So scary. And you got to wonder how many times he went in there. I don't want to know. You know, it might have been Shawshank Redemption where he just broke in the night before the trial was to occur. Or maybe it came sooner and he was up in there all the time it's mm -mm. no my oldest child the other night he's he goes in waves of like childhood fears at night sure when he said as he was getting ready for bed you know mommy did you lock the doors yes the doors are locked i said something like nobody wants to come in our house it's okay he said could they saw through the walls (laughs) (laughs) i was like um no <laughs> oh my god no they couldn't and we'd hear you know and he wanted he's he's very detailed he wants the details like yes he wants to know everything you would hear about them. everything the saws don't work what about chainsaws no chainsaws would get stuck on and on and on we go oh, through man. this so please don't play this episode for him. <laughs> 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 oh god listen kid when it's time to purchase a home make sure you don't purchase a row house where your neighbors live next to you because they can tunnel up through your basement and break into your house and they could be in there for days and days and days and you wouldn't even know it. <laughs> and then one day, awful things happen. Oh, God. Do you want to hear night, about the night. awful? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God. Nope. Nope. Okay. Continue. <sighs> so the night before the court date, he snuck into her home as she prepared for bed and hit her over the head, knocking her unconscious. He then dragged her back through the tunnel into his house and strangled her with the electrical cord in his basement to make sure she was dead. Once he was sure she was dead, he cut off her arms, legs, and hands, as well as cut her torso in half with a circular saw and packed her body parts into trash bags to be disposed of. When police arrived at his home, he was in the process of further dismembering her, and so they stumbled upon a truly gruesome crime scene. Wow. Police arrested Roy, who begged them to kill him as they put him in shackles and handcuffs and packed him into the back of the police van. Wow. I just can't imagine. No. No. My brain is, like, misfired. (laughs) It doesn't work anymore. I can't imagine. No. And because Roy simply could not take responsibility for a single thing in his entire life, when police opened the doors of the van after the 12-minute drive to the station... They found that despite being handcuffed and shackled, Roy had managed to remove his belt, loop it around his neck, and hang himself to death from the cage in the back. What? Quote, Roy apparently pulled on his belt until the buckle slid over to his hands, at which point he undid the belt and pulled it through the loops. 
Once the belt was free, he slipped the loop through the buckle again and tied the free end to a steel grating in the back of the van, an officer said. After that, he just slipped his head through the loop and leaned forward. His own weight was enough to strangle and kill him. Wow. Twelve minutes. Well, and like, to have a window in your van, guys. They did. They did. They just didn't they notice? Didn't, no, they didn't notice. They're what? like, why would we look back there? You know, like there's in no the world. Unless you hear a commotion, there's no real reason to look back there. This guy just creepily, slyly slid his belt uh, off and hanged himself. Uh. The motherfucker couldn't fix his house over the course of a year, but he can kill himself with his own belt while handcuffed minutes. in under 12 minutes. Well, and how hard would it be to have the willpower to continue to, to strangle your, you know? Like, I don't want to get into the details. No, but, but that's exactly, yes. Know? Like, that's oh. just awful. It's so Ugh. gruesome. This guy was so, cool. so fucked up. Yeah, wow. In the end, Roy Kirk killed Ann Hoover over a leaky roof, and that's one of the saddest, brattiest, most insane motives for murder I've ever heard. Yeah. Two years after Ann's murder, her mother spoke to a reporter and said, quote, I was always worried about her, but she loved her house so much and she had high hopes for the neighborhood. Her mother kept a journal after Anne's death and she was never afraid to grieve. Quote, I cried, oh, I cried a lot, but I lost my brother when he was just six years old and I remember my mother's strength at that time. You have to go on, but you are never the same. Nothing is the same. <sighs> we just sold Anne's house. It was so beautiful and we'd worked on so much of it together. It had a great view. It was also a great house for parties. There was lots and lots of laughter. Anne Steinway piano is now at her mother's home, but nobody plays it. <laughs> Quote, maybe I'll start to play a little soon, she said. You know, I have no doubt I will see Anne again. I truly believe that. In 2001, Marianne Anderson, a family friend that Anne had babysat when she was little, donated five acres to build the Anne Allison Hoover Memorial Park in North Hills Estates. Oh. They broke the ground on what would have been Anne's 49th birthday. <laughs> I know. It's like stabbing me in my heart. That's so sad. Quote, the park should not emphasize Anne's death, Anderson said. Rather, it should celebrate her life and all she stood for. A $25,000 state grant was also obtained to start development of the park. In addition, the North Hills Estates Civic Association planned to raise more money by selling engraved bricks that will be displayed in the park. Quote, We're doing this, Marianne Anderson said, for the Hoovers and the community. Everybody wants a neighborhood like this. And that is the story of the fucking cuckoo, nutso, creepy, awful murder of poor, artistic, brilliant, sweet, motivated wonderful ann hoover oh ann oh ann oh ann i'm so sorry i'm so sorry roy had to be your neighbor like what the fuck you guys it's so terrifying <laughs> <laughs> just move in and then dig tunnels and murder you it's fill buy as you're like oh, i'm just gonna make a good investment this seems like an up-and-coming area you know it would be awesome i'm gonna fill this place with animals cages of animals 10 foot mm -hmm. snakes mm -hmm. and then i'm not gonna do anything with it God, and so then scary. when my super nice neighbor after <laughs> offering to help me 
financially, physically, for months, I'm going to gaslight her into thinking that she's the reason the neighbors are mad at me. And then I'm going to tunnel under her house, break into it, kill her, kill her, and dismember her. Wow. What? 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 Like, where does that thought process come from? I don't know. You know? I don't know. I'm just speechless. We've talked about this before, but if my neighbor is like, oh, I see your lawns get a little long. First, I'm like, fuck you in my mind. But I'm also like, ah, no, ah, you know, Mm -hmm. any kind of neighborly criticism or conflict. (laughs) Hey, Courtney, do you know that the house directly next to mine is for sale? Like it's been sold, it's pending. <laughs> and the house across the street from me is Mine for sale. Mine too. Mine too. The house right next door to me is for sale. Shit. And the one kitty corner is also for sale. No. no. What if Roy's ghost moves in? <laughs> I'm scared. You should be. They're definitely going to tunnel up in through the, your little cul-de-sac neighborhood uh-huh. and get you. I know. I know. More nervous now, thanks to you. Well, you should be because if that I happened, trust your neighbors. <laughs> oh, if that happened once, it can happen again. Oh God! And in fact, the next story I'm going to do is also about a fucked up neighbor. Oh, good! <laughs> it's a neighbor series. It'll be for Patreon. So if you want to hear more fucked up neighbor stories, sign up for just three dollars a month. <laughs> um, no, no, I, I, yeah, nuts, mm-hmm. crazy. That's a really good one. Thanks. Really good. Thanks. I would love to get more. I mean, it's hard with stories like this when the perpetrator dies. You know, there's no trial. Well, exactly. then you don't get into the details of, yes. like, what in the world. Like, who yes. was he? Why was he like this? Yes. Why did he have all those animals in there? Yeah. It's so crazy. It's so Does, crazy. Was he, like, just hoarding animals in all of his properties? Was he life trapping them and then didn't know what to do with them? Like, so many questions. It's also Oakland. It wasn't... <laughs> Like Kansas, you know? Right, right. He's in the middle of a city. I mean, our houses in Portland were constantly overrun with raccoons. So I could see like 12 cages of raccoons, but... Yeah, it's very, very strange. And unfortunately, there's not a lot of coverage because it was the 90s. And I did see one sentence that said that he had been treated for psychiatric issues in the past, but no, nothing else. That's it. Yeah. I mean, clearly... Right. I mean, I was going to say, it's always easy to be like, okay, he had mental health issues. Mm -hmm. Clearly he did, but Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. If his parents were just giving him money to buy properties, it's one of those cases where I'm sure they're like, well, we'll just give him a project. Roy's Uh cuckoo, but this will keep him busy and (gasps) backfired. Yeah. So there you go, everybody. Thanks. Good one. Don't ever sleep again. (laughs) And I don't know if you live in a townhouse or a row house. You're fucked. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> all of our all of our listeners are just putting stainless steel like all throughout their basements and floorboards. <laughs> Gotta uh, keep them out. I know. See, I'm like over here thinking of digging down and putting deep fences or something. I don't know. Ooh, you know what? We should just proactively be the creeps, and we should do the tunnels. So. <laughs> Then it will. Then it'll be like, no, I tunnel. I tunneled to you first. I've been in your house like a thousand times. So when they show up, you're like, old news. Yeah. All right. What else All do right. we have to talk about? What kind of businesses do we have to transition to from <laughs> tunneling know, neighbors right? and dismemberment? I thought for just a second I would talk about 
how my therapy's going. Yay! Let them let the people know about it. I know they're all dying to know. Uh, it's amazing. First of all, you guys, if you're wondering, does it help? Try it. And it'll either make a big difference or a little bit of a difference or no difference, but it's not going to hurt, hopefully. If it hurts you, then you need to get a different therapist. Yes. Um. Yeah, quickly. <laughs> Immediately. Right. And what I've recently realized is that I it's helped me so much with the depression I was feeling, really helped with my anxiety. And a lot of that is like the day-to-day stuff I was suffering with is gone. Mm-hmm. And I've like a whole new person. Yes. It's been amazing. And then I started to feel weird and gross again. And a lot of it is just the, the country we live in. Yeah. And Actually like literally on fire. And, right. Yeah. And she, we'd started spreading out the visits because I was doing well. Mm-hmm. And so we met again and started talking. And I realized that now that I have like my basic layer of bullshit taken care of, I can focus on things that are deeper inside of my body and mm-hmm. like... You know, just past stuff and mm-hmm. whatever. So really starting to dig into that, which is hard and scary and very liberating. Yes. It's the first, really, it's the first time in my life that I just freely talk about pretty much whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I don't hold back. I don't think about what, you know, like, how is it going to affect her if I tell her this? Mm-hmm. I don't. And for somebody like me who has just sort of bottled all that up my whole life, it was really scary to do. And it still scares me. And she's really good about like, no, tell me more. You know, Mm -hmm. I'll give her like the surface level. And she'll say, no, I don't think that's it. What else is there? And she digs and digs until I'm like sobbing. And (laughs) and then I I have these breakthroughs. It's just, I cannot tell you enough. If you are on the fence, if you feel like you need to talk to somebody, please do it. Yep. If you need help finding resources. If you aren't really sure, if you can't manage the Google search, let us know. I seriously would be happy to help walk you through the process. Oh, yeah. Call insurances, whatever. Yes. If if you're feeling overwhelmed and you don't know how to get going. Because it has completely changed my life. Yeah. Makes me want to cry a little bit because I feel so much better. No, but why do you feel better? Yep. So no, it really, it's been a major transformation. And I, and I second what you just said, I actually had a friend who uh, went through a breakup and suffers from chronic depression. It's just something that she's going to have for the rest of her life and decided she wanted to do EMDR therapy, which is fucking incredible and life changing for most people who have done it. And she was feeling so overwhelmed. So I just went and made a Excel spreadsheet of all the EMDR therapists in the area and reached out to them and saw to see if they were taking patients and things. So I will happily, happily mm-hmm. do that for people if they, if they're feeling, because I think that's part of the problem with depression is you don't know where to start, right? You don't know right. how to take the first step. So right. I will super be super happy to be your therapy producer. Yep, and I will be your therapy doula. And between Courtney and I, you guys are set. Boom! Yeah! Yep. (laughs) Fireworks. Uh, And also, if you are feeling overwhelmed and... Um, but are pretty good, but also want to have therapy, but don't want to do therapy, just have your sister do therapy because then (laughs) she calls you and tells you about the breakthroughs she had in relation to, you know, like your lives, your mutual shared experiences, your childhoods. And then you're like, bing, bing, bing. That Mm -hmm. relates to me too. Thanks, sis. High five. Yep. I didn't have to do anything. (laughs) And I suddenly (laughs) feel a thousand times better and Uh, more liberated and affirmed and 
Yeah, shit's yeah. good. It works. I know. The last session I had was sort of digging into that childhood stuff. And I was, I, I had the thought in the back of my head, like, would she charge me extra if I FaceTime Courtney really quick? <laughs> 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 like, pa- can we pause for a second? As I am like, literally like having these breakthroughs that I'd never mm-hmm. thought of. And mm-hmm. Courtney needs to hear the shit. <laughs> no, I, when Sadie called me and told me about it, it my brain just, whoosh, it's like, took this awesome... 45 degree rip and i was like mm-hmm. oh shit suddenly uh, just so many things made so much more sense so yeah thanks yep. thanks sades sure happy to do it i'll send you the bill fuck oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other do wait do you have businesses before I no i was talking? just gonna say speaking of therapy should we play our podcast for a moment <laughs> sure but then come back guys don't give up because i got some other fun things to talk about. yeah 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 listen to this cute podcast i don't cute that's infantilizing listen to this awesome <laughs> podcast about unsolved, unsolved mysteries. mysteries go were you traumatized as a child by watching unsolved mysteries do you like to judge facial hair <laughs> guess what we have a podcast for you can you believe it it's called perhaps it's you and it is an unofficial unsolved mysteries rewatch podcast we're your hosts i'm samantha i'm liz we're two cool mystery ants, not really, <laughs> watch an episode of Unsolved Mysteries each week and tell you about it. We update you if any of the mysteries have been solved. We rate the episode on a scale of Robert Stacks. We can give episodes a possible five out of five Robert Stacks, although it rarely happens. Very rarely. We also complain about what everyone is wearing, and it doesn't really matter if you know anything about Unsolved Mysteries or not. You should tune in because it's the number one podcast on iTunes. Yeah, you can find us on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, most podcast platforms. You can also check out our website, perhapsitsyou.com, or find us on the social medias at Perhaps It's You. Yep. And get out there and solve some mysteries, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're back. Now what? What do you got? So, the other thing, we were talking to one of our dear listeners uh, who's active with us on Instagram, and something came up in the conversation about how uh, he's single and has a hard time meeting people. Mm-hmm. And then I was, I've been sitting on this, like, we, I don't, is there a true crime based dating site? A billion percent needs to be. I don't, I mean, I haven't looked, I should probably look before I start talking about it. But how much fun would that be? If you could go to some dating forum Mm -hmm. where you both love because there's nothing more exciting to me than having lots to talk about on a first date. Yes. And if you both know that you both love true crime. Yes. Right? Oh my god. And also true crime people are very specific kinds of people. You're generally more empathetic, you're caring, you're a little bit more funny. Yes, you're funny, have a higher intelligence, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, there are there are certain qualities to all of the people that I know who love true crime. So a little bit fucked up in the right way, like had a little bit of trauma in your childhood, but not too much maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Or a lot. I mean Yeah, or a lot. But you've dealt with it and you're channeling it in positive ways. Yeah. Yes. So I mean, I don't have the time or energy or experience to start an online dating website. So somebody take that idea. Yes. Name it. They will kiss. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) I went to first base. Sadie went to third. (laughs) I mean, home. She went sledding to home. (laughs) They will do it. Let's just cut to the chase. We're all trying to get it in. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Name it after us. But I think it would be adorable. Yes. And then I was thinking somebody else on Instagram was posting a picture of 
like new to me. I have no idea what, but like they ha- were in a relationship. But I was like, oh, that's so sweet. And they could be married. They could be not. I don't know. Could be new. I don't know the details. I did not stalk them to find out. Give me their names. I'll find out right now. And then I was like, what if we start a dating website and then people ask us to officiate their weddings? Listen, I hate that idea because... (laughs) (laughs) Well, you've actually done it before. I've done it multiple times and I'm always like, I'll do it. Like my friends recently got engaged just like a week ago and Laura and I were sort of the reason they met. And so my first instinct was, I can officiate. And I was like, shut up, shut up, shut up. (laughs) It sounds like so much fun, but then you get to the wedding and everyone's like partying, getting pre-drunk and doing all the Mm -hmm. stuff that you do at a wedding and you have to keep your shit together. And then you're responsible for the whole set. It's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. But But if one of our listeners asked us to officiate their wedding, we would absolutely do it. It's really true. We would do it. But we would do it in a really awkward way where I would say one word and then you would say the next <laughs> word and then I would say the next word. So we just trade food. Like, dearly yeah. beloved, we gather for here to... Like Not that. even words, but syllables. Syllables, yes. <laughs> yes. So uh, if you want it, that's what you're going to get. It's a great idea. Yeah. If you let me do it that way. Uh, <laughs> so they will do it. They will do it.com. I'm not starting it, but you can. It's a subsidiary of they will kill dick pics at gmail.com. <laughs> Which I checked today. No, no dick pics. Oh no, my no God, you pics. guys. Yeah. No, um, I'm okay with it. I, but it means that the dick pics are in the wrong hands. Where <laughs> <laughs> they're all going to the spam folder. I didn't actually look there. Yeah, check in. What does it say? Like yeah. primary or social? So it's probably all in mm-hmm. the social folder. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy 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 well i have yeah i have a business somebody brought up the fact that you should uh volunteer to work at the polls if you can oh yeah yes absolutely i'm gonna post on my local facebook groups and things and see if people need rides i'm gonna start there in a couple weeks Mm kind of leading up i don't know what the cutoff is for being a poll volunteer but i really i live in a lower income and kind of older community so I'm going to start there and see if people need help. I also live about five minutes from Michigan. So that's a state that mm-hmm. people need to get their booties to the polls in. So anyway, do what you can. But if you are in a place where you can take time off work and go volunteer, please consider it because yep. this shit is uh, very important. If you hadn't yep. been made aware. <laughs> hey guys, do you know there's an election coming up? Very you know, soon? It's like a, <laughs> the most critical election of our entire generation. Don't know if you've heard. Heard it here first, folks. Mm-hmm. Let me just break it down for you. Shit's a little yeah. weird, and it could get much weirder or much better. <laughs> I think it's going to get much better, but we'll see. Uh, Depending on uh, who you are, it will get much better. So, yeah, you know, one way or the other. Yeah, I know. I read some article that said um, it was like fifty-six percent of people planning to vote for Biden think that if Trump won, it would be a crisis, mm-hmm. which I actually was surprised that that was that low. Yeah. And then 50% of people that would vote for Trump think that it would be a crisis if Biden got elected. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's so interesting that we I live know. in such different brains. It, I, I think about it constantly. I really do. When people are like, oh, Obama, he blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you guys actually lived in the same state of panic that we've lived in for the last four years when Obama was the president. Right. You know, and I did for a long time say in my mind, like, 
you know, the first three years of Trump, I was like, actually, wasn't as bad. I mean, it was pretty bad. Same, but I know. Wasn't as as disastrous as I yeah. thought. And then fucking 2020 happened. And I yep. was like, this is why I cried when he Yes, won. yes. Right here. Yes. This is, this is it. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. Um, let's do some shout outs. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of things getting weirder, who do we got? <laughs> we got a bunch. I, I know, just, man. Uh, cascade, an avalanche, a tsunami, avalanche. a tsunami. Yep. yep. Anyway, yep. who's who we got to shout out? Thank you to Stacy Z. Yeah, Stacy Z. I'm dying to know what your last name is because Z is a cool no. letter. <laughs> you don't get to know. Zebra. Yep, Stacy Zebra. Thank you to Cassandra C. Yay, Cassandra. I always love that name. It sounds so mm-hmm. Spanish. I don't, I don't know why I thought Spanish. <laughs> I don't think it's Spanish. Uh, thank you to Laura M. Yay, Laura. Same as my wife's name. Yay. Thank you to Gabrielle D. Great name. All the good names. I know. This one, really good names, all of them. Zira. Oh, come on. I know. Zira H. That's not even real. That's so good. It's not even real. (laughs) Sadie's just making up Patreon supporters. (laughs) And next we have Dongle G and B Biba L. (laughs) I did not make these up. Uh, Thank you to April H. Yay, April. It's a good month. Means winter's over. Yay. Oh, we want to hear the very best name. Yes. Ever D- in the history of all of the names. Mark. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't make me giggle. Yep, here we go. <laughs> Ruined. Okay, no, but really, best name ever in the history of all of the names. Thank you so much to Sadie F. Shut it. Shut your face all right off. You are my best friend. Yep. Officially. That is all. Yep. Yeah, no choice. <laughs> oh, and thank you to Elizabeth. No last name given. That's fine. That You don't need a last name yep. when your name's Elizabeth. When strong like Elizabeth. One of our That's best right. friends is named Elizabeth. She goes by Liz. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we do. <laughs> Her name is actually Elizabeth Taylor because she married someone with last name Taylor, and that is awesome. That's awesome. Hi, Elizabeth Taylor. Hi, Elizabeth. <laughs> oh, it sounds so weird. Hi, Liz. Uh, thank you to Jennifer H. Yay, Jennifer H. Like Jennifer Hudson? Yeah. Awesome. She's totally our patron now. Fuck yeah. Oh, and last but definitely not least, hey, mom. Our mom is our a mom Patreon became a Patreon supporter. this afternoon, which is adorable. I'm just glad you weren't the first, but I would have liked that too. <laughs> she was our first fan mail. The oh, first God, email right. we ever got was our mom. It's <laughs> so good. Also, uh, thanks, Margaret E. We love you, mom. We love you, Margaret E. Fun fact, mom's maiden name was Whore. Uh-huh. <laughs> For real. H-O-A-R. Right there, name people. <laughs> you did get it right there, name people. I just called her Mama Whore. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Sorry, Mom, I love you. And her sisters and brother. Bunch of <laughs> slutty... Bloody family members. 
Oh, Lord. Hey, right. Anything else? No, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Time to go make a HelloFresh. I got to go make a HelloFresh. I think it's, I can do a flatbread with Brussels sprouts, shaved Brussels sprouts and hot honey or some kind. I think it's the tabbouleh couscous one that you were just mentioning. It is good. That's so yummy. Anyway. Anyway, we love you guys. We love you so much. Wait. Oh, shit. We have all that other stuff to do, too. (laughs) What other stuff? Instagram, Twitter. Oh, God, right. Come find yeah. us. Come on over. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at They Will Kill. Go to our website, theywillkill.com. Rate, review, subscribe. Do it. You are. Please. It's so awesome when you do it. Yep. Our numbers really last, like last week, whew, went through the roof. Don't know how, why. Thank you. It's thrilling. It's thrilling. Yep. When Eat. you have a tiny little podcast, it, every listen counts oh my god you have no idea so keep spreading the word you guys it's amazing it really is we want to keep doing this we feel the momentum growing yeah it's pretty weird yeah it's it's very weird it's pretty weird and wonderful Uh, thank you to aj bergans for giving me the most adorable niece and nephew yes in the world and for making our music that we love (laughs) yes that also he continues to release new songs on Spotify, so go check him out. Fuck yeah. And remember... I've been thinking about this a lot lately, but if you're having a hard time n- knowing your place in the world, my advice is to just let that shit go. Just have fun. Mm-hmm. Just don't try to be cool. It sounds so cliche, mm-hmm. but it's it fucking works, man. Just be yourself. It just yeah. works. If you yep. haven't watched, what is it? Dog face 208. I think that's the Instagram. Oh man. If you yeah. want to see something beautiful and liberating and that is the perfect embodiment of what I mean when I say, just be your fucking self and just be free and be happy. Go to Instagram, look up dog face, D O G G face 208 and watch the video of him skateboarding while drinking cran raspberry ocean spray. <laughs> And singing along to fucking Fleetwood Mac. It's just try not to watch it. If you watch it nine times, you will start crying and then you will not be able to stop crying. Yep. Just, just be yourself. Do whatever the fuck it is that you're thinking right now that you want to do. Just goddamn do it. Excuse me. Do it. Crystal. Just do it. Do it. You won't regret it. No. If you do regret it, just move past that and try again. Yeah, because who cares? People can't cares? kill you for be, you trying things. Be, for not liking stuff you do. Right, for saying for saying what you're thinking. <laughs> Take it from us. Take it from us. Just do it. Yep, we yep. love you guys. We really, 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 really do. Yep. I know. <laughs> so stuck in my head. <laughs> I need some cranberry. I need juice. some cranberry. <laughs> cranberry, but it makes it even better. Goodbye. 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 the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. 
With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.